For me, when I think about it, it was like when I was young and I was an undergrad, mm-hmm. we would pull all-nighters to just yes. do as much as we can to study because we were freaking out. We were trying to, you know, get to a different stage in our career. So we're doing everything uh, to maximize what we can study. And sometimes we just won't go, won't sleep at all. And yes. I've suffered the repercussions of one sleep loss and just sleep Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. You're listening to the me search podcast and we're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo and I am Crystal Tugatti. On this show, we have critical, messy and fun conversations with each other, with friends and with leaders in the community. Together, we'll unpack important issues, learn and unlearn what we think we know about what it means to be Filipino. Today on the show, we're talking about science, the science (gasps) of circadian rhythm. Oh, my gosh. And... Filipino scientists who study the science of circadian rhythms. Oh, dang! (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Yes, and we have the perfect person to chat with us about that. Our guest today is a postdoctoral research fellow and professor of biology. Welcome, Dr. Cesar Naves! Cesar Naves! Thank you for having me here. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I have a clarifying question, just so that folks have some context before we like dive deep into discussion. What is a postdoctoral research fellow? Like, what is that? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people who get PhDs want to become professors and faculty members. So they get additional training, mostly to hone in on specific sciences that may not have been obtainable while they're obtaining a PhD. So you do a postdoctoral stint um, in another lab, usually in another institution that is geared to train you in doing what it is that you want to do in the long run, to run your own lab, to run your own science. So it's pretty much doing another PhD, but I really, really fast track PhD. Yeah. Wow. Just when you thought the learning was done, everyone, it just keeps <laughs> on going. <laughs> We're still under, under training for some reason, yeah. Well, you're uh, about to teach us something today, yes. so we will be the trainees. Yes. Um. So <laughs> in your research, Caesar, you study circadian biology. Can you elaborate on that and how you study circadian biology? So circadian biology, uh, so a lot of people know it as the biological clock as well. So those terms, at least for me, are interchangeable. So the biological clock is pretty much what it is. What it is, is just an internal timekeeping system. And it needs to synchronize to the outside world so that it knows what time of the day it is. And usually light is one of the most powerful ways for our biological clocks, our circadian rhythms, to be able to tell what time of the day it is. And depending on what time of the day it is, it'll undergo specific processes, like waking up or making a specific protein or uh, efficiently digesting food. Wow. Yeah, so almost every living thing on the planet has biological rhythms. And they use biological rhythms to 
mediate daily things to keep them alive. So again, at the larger level, these our biological clocks can tell us when it's time to go to sleep, when it's time to wake up, uh, when it's time to go foraging or food specifically, you know, especially uh, in, in, uh, out in the wild, in the animal kingdom, uh, when to mate, when it's efficient to mate, you know, when to copulate and all that stuff. Um, and and it it's really easy to disrupt it, at least for us in humans, because we have so many things happening in our lives. And again, like I mentioned, light is such a powerful way to tell our internal biological clock what time of the day it is. Uh, small things can disrupt it. Okay, so you study fruit flies, and we're also talking about circadian circadian rhythm and human sleep but you've managed to figure out how to well maybe not you personally but i guess the field of science there is a connection between fruit flies and humans and figuring out circadian rhythm uh can you talk a little bit more about that uh, all right. Well, I can talk about what I did as a graduate student to try and you to, to utilize flies that and and mimic how we behave and see what happens to them. Is that something that would probably answer your question? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. All right. So my my graduate dissertation uh, involved trying to figure out what happens during weekends. <laughs> all right. Mm. Light is such an important factor in telling our endogenous clock, our endogenous rhythms, our biological clock, and telling and telling them what time of the day it is. So this process called entrainment synchronizes our our biological rhythms to the rising and setting of the sun. So entrainment can be done with any powerful cues. Again, light again is one of the most powerful cues. Temperature can mediate and change your circadian rhythm. Um, th- the time you eat can reset your, cl- your circadian clock as well. Uh, so there's all these factors that can change the behaviors of the molecular clock. Uh, when I was in graduate school, my dissertation involved looking at what happens when we give flies unnatural light signals. And these unnatural light signals mimicked weekends. And we call these weekend light shifts. So you and I have most likely stayed up late on Fridays and then slept in on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And part, it kept on partying during the weekend. So we still slept, uh, stayed up late, right? Mm -hmm. So, but then we usually have this Monday, through, I guess, Thursday schedule that is consistent because we have work, you know, responsibilities Mm -hmm. and it changes during the weekend and we try to get back to this work schedule uh, on Mondays again, right? So during this time between uh, Monday through Thursday, we have a specific light-dark schedule. For these flies, I gave them 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness to go to sleep pretty much. And what happens is that during Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, I had them partying. And the way they partied was they stayed up late on the Fridays by uh, extending their day. 
And then they had, they slept in on Saturdays and Sunday mornings, but they stayed up pretty late. But then on Mondays, I had them go back to quote unquote uh, work by having them wake up again, uh, by shining light on them, uh, at the Monday through Thursday schedule. So this weekend light shift is mimicking what humans, I would say in an ideal world, go through on a weekly basis, right? So we're partying all the time. Uh, and I didn't change anything else. Like I didn't change diets or if they're consuming alcohol or recreational drugs. This is as clean as possible. It's just light that we're trying to figure out um, how it can mess up their circadian clock. And what it does is that because we're changing when these flies are waking up and going to sleep, this abrupt change during the weekends definitely throws off their circadian clock. Because the light signals that are supposed to be consistent during the week change during Friday, Saturday, Sunday when they're partying. And what that does is because the biological clock controls so many aspects of physiology and behavior, everything that's kind of downstream gets gets affected, right? So the way they're sleeping gets affected. And what's more surprising is that the learning and memory was also affected. So we had these flies trained in a tea maze. So it's a tea maze where they were trained to go to a specific part of the maze. Um, and this was during the weekdays. So they know to avoid one spot of the maze because we trained them to avoid it by giving them this aversive smell that they don't like. So they always go to one spot of the maze. Then we put them over a weekend. And we had them party with the lights, lights turning on and off during, you know, to stay, to sleep in and stay up late. And then on Tuesday after the weekend, we wanted to see if they remembered if they can avoid that specific part of the maze. And what happened is that even get, giving them this Monday to recover and get back to the groove of this weekday schedule, this on Tuesday, almost half the flies couldn't remember how to avoid a specific spot in the maze. So when you think about how much damage it's done already, just sleeping and waking was already changed. And if it's affecting the learning and memory aspect uh, that is mediated by, you know, changes to circadian rhythms, you can think about what's happening with us, where we are undergoing this change between weekdays and weekend schedules um, on a, in a chronic basis. Now, these flies had only one weekends, so they only spend one weekend partying. It's not like consistent weekends. But when you think about what we've done all our lives, we've always watched TGIF on Fridays <laughs> and, then, and, 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 and then sleep in on Saturdays because we don't want to do anything. And then usually we'll, you know, uh, I don't know if you watch SNCC uh, Saturday yes! night. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and you would stay up later than you would on the weekends because you didn't have school. And you try to get back to like your weekday schedule. And the fact that we're changing when our bodies are getting these light signals to entrain to our external environment every week for that matter, right? You can only imagine how much damage we're already doing to ourselves. So I actually had like this one experiment that I was like, all right, it's the end of my PhD. Let me just, let me just see what happens if these flies are going back and forth, back and forth uh, with chronic weekends, so close to what we're uh, experiencing. And the amount of sleep that they're 
that they need to recover just from the weekends increases every week. So after each weekend, they need more and more sleep. And what that might be suggesting is that because we're disrupting uh, this light sequences during the weekends and we're trying to get that back during the week by sleeping more, um, and if it's increasing every you know subsequent weekends that I give these flies, there's not a chance for them to catch up. So every week they're just getting need to sleep more and more until something bad happens because we all know that sleep is such an important factor of our daily health, right? We need to get enough sleep in order to maintain um, sufficient health because that mediates so many parts of our health as well, right? So learning and memory, memory consolidation, um, just being able to rest, right? Just generally. Um, so, so in terms of why we use flies as, as a model, it's because one, we can't, <laughs> one, we can't. And it shows that, uh, again, like previous work, um, bef way before me has shown that, uh, the mechanisms and the structures that control circadian clocks are very, very, um, much conserved across different species and that they're behaving exactly the same way and that, disrupting them one just leads to all this mess where the organisms are just not happy so we know that these components across different species are controlling similar mechanisms oh my gosh we need to get some sleep y'all <laughs> But what does this mean for those of us who are workaholics? <laughs> well, all right, exactly. So again, nurses, nurse, uh, people who have who work at night, right? Mm, so yeah. night shift workers. That is a very very challenging life because you have the weekday schedule where you are already a nocturnal. You know, chronotype, um, meaning that that's your 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 clock is entrained in like pretty much in a nocturnal way, right? So you're you're avoiding day avoiding light during the daytime, and you're only exposing uh, and you're exposing yourself to light and being awake at nighttime. So you have this opposite um, uh, an opposite behavior than most humans do, and because of that there that's already screwing up the clock and then when you imagine when they have days off um when they want to hang out with family or friends that are diurnal meaning that they're awake during the day sleeping at night you completely have to flip your behaviors so instead of just shifting like what we did to the flies where it already caused so much damage right just shifting by a couple hours you know to sleep in and stay up late you're flipping your entire behavior um, for your, I guess, weekend activities. So I haven't done that research. I don't, I'm pretty sure there are other people that have looked into what happens to the health of model systems. If you have that kind of, uh, I guess like work life mm -hmm. schedule. Um, I can imagine it's probably not good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess I'm also like curious, like, cause I think about, 
me not getting enough sleep at times and it's just so much easier for me to burn out at some point all of that damage to your body catches up with you like what does burnout look like in flies (laughs) oh i can tell you so actually i was running an experiment right now Uh where i had flies that are just under bright led blue lights so the circadian clock of flies get reset by blue light so the the entire day starts over when blue light hits them right so it resets the entire clock um but if you have flies under constant light the circadian clock is constantly resetting so it never actually undergoes the physiological changes and the the molecular processes that are supposed to happen in the absence of light so these flies are not happy um so we're constantly giving them light and they they die a lot faster significantly faster and what happens is that their circadian rhythms get disrupted in a sense that they're no longer rhythmic so their behaviors across a 24-hour day is just super erratic rather than something that is um stereotypical of most most flies (laughs) i know right and like we're just in the business of torturing these flies for (laughs) no But it's, you know, it's really fascinating to, I I know that we've been told that sleep is important and um, I've never really thought about like our kababaya and who are nurses, which is so many of us and like the toll that it takes on their body. And um, if someone is on like that kind of schedule, what are some things that can help Perhaps, um, I don't know, even the even the playing field in some way in their bodies. And I don't know. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So I, I don't know of any, I guess I wouldn't say cures or, or ailments, but based off of like what I observed in these flies, consistency is like your best bet of increasing your chances of survival so if you have a nocturnal work life you know work life schedule making that consistent as much as you can in order for you to not disrupt your circadian clocks even more mm-hmm. would be the best bet of maintaining like optimal health given a schedule that you're already you know that's not optimal for your body so again our bodies are as us as humans evolved to be diurnal creatures that before the invention of the electric light all these phones all these computers that we reset our circadian clocks all the time by opening it like in the middle of the night our bodies weren't evolved to that our human biological clocks were evolved to synchronize to the rising and setting of the sun so that is the optimal way to live really because but you know like yeah that's just impossible nowadays because, you know, uh, we rely so much on electronics. Um, work from home has become so prevalent since, you know, since COVID. Um, so people are just working anytime they want, really, because they have that luxury. But at the same time, if people decide, oh, I'm just going to work late at night, technically our bodies aren't supposed to receive light signals when the sun has already gone down. But when we're providing ourselves light signals, that's all almost that's pretty much mimicking 
sleeping in and staying up late or staying up late on Fridays because that's all it is. It's just we're partying, so we're in an environment where there's light. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though our bodies were evolved to not receive light at that time. Mm. So I I don't want to be pessimistic about it, but people did ask me during my dissertation, so what can we do in order yeah. to stay alive and you know live as long as we can? It's hard. It's almost impossible to do so, especially living here in a city because you have light pollution as right. well because it's so bright, there's lights everywhere. Even if you have all your lights off at your house, if you step outside light from uh, the street lamp or even if you go out into the mountains light from the city itself is providing light signals for you already mm. oh my gosh my kids are <laughs> I, so i'm a teacher and like my kids are on summer break right now i teach art um so i teach year round but my kids are on summer break right now and i had one of my kids recently asked me what's the latest you've slept <laughs> i was like uh, I don't know. One time I was awake for 31 hours and I highly don't recommend doing that. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> I didn't and say the think F about, word, yeah. but I said, no, don't yeah. do it. You're going to get into a car accident. <laughs> but also it's like, when you think about it, when we were undergrads, for, I, for me, when I think about it, it's like when I was young and I was an undergrad, mm-hmm. we would pull all-nighters to just yes. do as much as we can to study because we were freaking out. We were trying to, you know, get to a different stage in our career. So we're doing everything uh, to maximize what we can study. And sometimes we just won't go, won't sleep at all. And I've suffered the repercussions of one sleep loss and just sleeping, you know, uh, sleeping, uh, not sleeping and staying up late. And then when you, when you get to your exam, when your, your learning and memory is put to the test, um, I just blank out. You're just kind of like, yes. wow, I remember just looking at this 10 minutes ago, but I can't even recall what, you know, this formula was or what, what the term actually meant and stuff. So, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. And, uh, and it goes, you know, it's, it's a bigger problem. There's more, there's, it's like layers and layers of problems, right? So it's like yeah. when, when you're first gen, if you're a first gen college student and you, you, you have your entire family's like you know like trust and 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 hope riding on you you're just kind of like you feel like you ha- you owe it to them to just give it your all and sometimes giving it your all means just not having sleep or <sighs> or or having an erratic schedule so um yeah it's it's it sucks, and and I hate to be so pessimistic and just so negative about like, can we get out of this? But as as technology gets more and more sophisticated, I feel like we're just going to keep exposing ourselves to more and more light signals uh, that disrupt our circadian clocks, um, which is actually what I'm studying as a postdoc is looking at how other species. Uh, that lived in different types of environment um, have evolved their uh, have evolved pretty much how they sleep, but also how their circadian clocks might be behaving. Um, and we're looking at a, uh, a species of flies related to Drosophila melanogaster, which is the fruit flies that we use as a graduate uh, use as a graduate student. We're looking at how these flies that evolved in the uh, in the Mojave Desert how they might have changed how they sleep and uh, how their biological clocks are controlled. Because the fruit flies that we're accustomed to in the labs 
were lab grown. So they've been in the lab for about a hundred years. So they've been constantly being inbred in there. So they're in always a nice, happy environment, perfect humidity, unless you're running different experiments on them. So they've been babied almost their entire existence in the lab. Uh, These flies that I'm working on grew up in the middle of the desert. And what we found is that they actually sleep a lot, a lot, a lot compared to regular flies. So what has the desert done to them to to make them evolve having you know, being able to or wanting to sleep a lot more what is the physiological and evolutionary benefit of them sleeping so much uh and this is kind of like the extremes like what happens if we get all the breaks in the world all the nice happy environment uh without light disruption um how does that how can that potentially change um circadian clocks Whereas we're, if we're looking at reality, how can constant light changes, uh, constant circadian disruptions, how can that possibly force us to evolve how our circadian clocks behave, how our need for specific amounts of sleep can change in the future? Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so- just... No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and these are all in flies again, right? So I think that's what blows a lot of people's minds is like, and you're doing this, this all in flies? How long do flies even live for? About a month and a half to two months, depending on like how well we take care of them. That's a long time. I thought they it's only lived time, for like though. a day. There are there are insects that live for only about a day, but these flies that we're using, they live for enough time that we can yeah so that we can okay. um we can give them enough time to acclimate to whatever conditions that we're trying to give them or to challenge them with and see any outputs that might be relevant uh to those conditional changes so do you have any i don't know if you have like the specific numbers but i guess my my question now is knowing that chronic disruptions in sleep patterns will essentially decrease your lifespan like what is the percentage of your lifespan that is lost with chronic like sleep problems that is a great question which i do not have the answer to because mm-hmm. i i guess the answer is it depends <laughs> which ah. isn't usually the answer you want like genetics can affect uh how how chronic circadian disruption might affect you your diet can affect how chronic disruption might affect you right where you are in equator could affect uh uh whether or not circadian disruption can affect you so right like depending on where you are along the equator you might have different uh durations of when the sun is going to be out right Mm -hmm. so uh so if, if anything there's a lot of there's a lot of studies looking at different flies across, up and down, uh, you know, away from the equator, close to the equator, and they look at uh, the oscillations of these circadian proteins and how they behave, and they're all different from each other, depending on, like, the amount of light that they could be potentially exposed to. fascinating there's just so many factors in 
everything is connected. Like literally over and over again. It's just like proving that point. Everything's connected, (laughs) y'all. Shoot. And absolutely, yeah. So so like the 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 main the main powerhouse of circadian clocks, uh, they're in the fly brain. So the, there are these neurons that we call circadian neurons, uh, and these are the main input from the external environment. So they get signals from the compound eye, and then they go through a series of you know like of movement throughout the neural circuits. And then what happens is that they pass along that message, that light message, to the rest of the peripheral tissues. So that that means like you know like for us the liver. And our skin and uh, our other our, our other cells that have um, circadian rhythms, we get our signal from the brain. Oh my god! And then they behave accordingly, right? Based on the, the time of the day, whether so. I guess if we're trying to efficiently absorb all the nutrients that we ate uh, at that one specific meal, it could be optimal at one time one time point of the day, but not for another time. So maybe like in the middle of the night, it might not be the best time for the for our our bodies to absorb what we just ate uh, for our midnight snack. Oh no, it's me! Right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Again, exactly. I'm exactly. out here eating so. cookies at like 11 p.m. Jeez. Oh, 100 percent doing that. <laughs> okay, so you've had a lot of time to reflect on all of these crazy things that you've learned from fruit flies and the connection that uh, they have with like discovering sleep patterns and applications to humans. How do you feel like you and your lifestyle has changed since like discovering all of what you've discovered? Uh, Not at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not at still, all. Still partying on oh Friday nights. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, yes. But also when I was studying this, Grad, grad students, oh we are God. anomalies. Um, we have no consistent schedule. We work when the science works. Um, and then I, uh, my husband and I, we had kids during my last two years of graduate school. Having kids, that, you know, that already throws off your biological clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it doesn't stop. You, you think that, you know, that you're – the older they get, the more consistent their sleep's going to be. So you'll actually have time to have a consistent schedule, at hey. least for my kids. It's a lie. Oh. Um, if, or if anything, we try to utilize the time they're sleeping to actually spend time with each other oh. and, and, and actually live the day during those last couple hours. So we end up sleeping in or staying up late and then, but, but we don't have, asleep in because the kids automatically wake up like at five in the morning so i guess that is the consistency that i would say is going to be the healthy part of you know maintaining um uh a healthy circadian clock right mm-hmm. so i guess my kids are keeping me healthy by waking me up at five in the morning Aww. every day shout Thanks out to, to the, the kiddos, kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh so we're God. just about at time i I have a final question for you. So knowing that you're Filipino in science, Filipino in academia, thinking about what it's like in your shoes, what would you say to, let's say, a younger Filipino interested in doing this work? Like what what kinds of words of wisdom or like 
statements to beware. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to say to those folks? I. It's hard because there's so many things that I would say that's like, this is a difficult career trajectory, especially when you don't see this, the same people that you, you know, like that look like you in, in this field. Um, but, but when you do like stick, stick with them. Um, and I think that's the reason why I'm in this game. I've been in this game for such a long time is because I know that there are people following my footsteps that would really love to see someone that looks like them. And I think I, owe it to them almost that's like all right i need to stick this out so that i can hopefully use whatever platform i get wherever i end up in order to you know help help lift them up and maybe help them get to wherever they want to um i feel like i've been very very fortunate my entire life that i met the right people at the right time that saw something in me and they always motivated me to keep pushing, keep going, and they would always write my letters of recommendations, letting other people know that this you can trust this guy, he'll do the job, he can get the job done. Um, so I I feel like I want to be that person as well to other people. So when uh, for anybody that wants to get into the sciences, look for us. You know, you there there are communities um that we all try to get together so that we can be easily found by those that are seeking um just the community. Uh-huh. I've 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 mentored uh up and coming graduate students that are now in graduate school that found me on Twitter. Uh and it's because they're like, hey, you're a queer Filipino scientist. Can you be my mentor? And uh-huh. That is like the greatest honor for me. And I, and it just watching them just flourish and just do the things that they love and know that you've kind of like had something to do with it. Even if it's just like fucking apply for that, just apply for that fellowship or just apply for that grad school. Um, yeah. it's fucking awesome. And I, and I want to, and it, it makes me feel good about myself that there are people out there. That are being that are successful because I've done a little bit. Um, so I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. And with that, if you are listening and you feel like there's something I can do to help uplift you, you can find me on Twitter. I think that's how Dustin and I met. We found each other on Twitter. Um, Where can and- what's what's the handle? Where can people oh. find you on Twitter? <laughs> it's party underscore mcfly underscore (laughs) (laughs) i need to come back to twitter just for your account actually i just found out it's no longer twitter it's like x now yeah i saw that today i saw that yeah so what is happening (laughs) they got rid of the blue bird like logo and it's now a letter x i don't understand what's happening like spacex Oh, because oh my Elon? god, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Oh my god. What's awesome though is like people are calling it like X itter, so it's like shitter. So <laughs> so that's what so that's what's trending right now in shitter, I guess. So <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Caesar Nave. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
Thank um, you so much. Everybody yeah. needs to hit up Dr. Nave and ask for a letter of recommendation. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> it's Soon. I'm, I'm applying for faculty positions this summer, so hey. crossing my fingers. Crossing my fingers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I I am so grateful. We are so grateful for this conversation. I know that I still have a million questions for you and we would love to have you back to con- to continue the conversation to learn more about sleep because just in this conversation I'm just like, "Oh damn." <laughs> like what can I do? What, what can, can I, I do? Honestly, yeah. my question's like, what am I doing wrong? There's like a bunch of things I'm doing wrong with my life. <laughs> yeah, I also like with with the with the lights. Like I've always gone to sleep as a child, even as a child, with the TV on because there was this fear that the end of the world was going to happen. So I just needed to know that people were in the control rooms keeping the television <laughs> alive. There's other and, people and alive like, okay, still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, we're not in the apocalypse. This is okay. <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning and we're still fine. Um, but yeah, so many questions, but I, I definitely, we have definitely learned so much from you and uh, we are grateful for you and all the work that you're doing. Um, me searchers, give it up one more time for Dr. Caesar. And y'all, thanks for tuning in. But don't forget, be a me searcher. Follow us at me search podcast and check us out online at me search podcast.com. And as always, we're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me search, folks. Hey! Bzz, 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 bzz